Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that's kind of still tired from Sunday night. I'm Frank. I'm Paul. And uh, man, I was out of town and I was watching it. So weird. I go to my parents' house in Rochester and my parents are are simple good people who don't really have television and so (laughs) one time like i can't use the damn youtube thing and i don't have it in front of me and my children were crazy so i didn't get to like start the game on time i couldn't even get in the car to go down to the bar to watch it i said let me just watch it on my laptop for half and half the first half so i can get up and drive the next morning and as you all know that didn't happen because not right. only did we have to play a whole game, we had to have one extra play as well, <laughs> um, as predicted by Scott, who or Paul, excuse me, who, 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 who on a, on a butt fumble or a, as long as they don't sit level with the Jets, uh, absolutely yep. invoked the ending of this game. Yep, yeah, yeah, we know this is. I did say with Gold to go with Tyrod with one second on the clock, and to be fair, it was an untimed down, so there were actually zero seconds on the clock. So Grace, I was not one hundred percent right. Completely different. Absolutely, <laughs> completely different. Um, yeah, the Bills. So the Bills win this game, right? Because I think that. I would have less hair today if they hadn't won this game. I would have ripped some of that my hair out, but they win 14 to nine. Um, they have two drives that are in, both in the fourth quarter. Well, the third and fourth. They both quarter. ended in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, two missed field goals as well. Um, and they absolutely, I, I think um, uh, Chris Brown used the phrase escape uh, with a win against the Giants. One of the worst, worst teams in the league. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was not, there was not a lot of good, uh, from the offense. Anyway, I do think that holding the giants to nine, even though the giants are bad, like, I think personally, you got to commend the defense for a good job, right? Like mm-hmm. they, there was a hard time by the end where they couldn't get off the field. There was a lot of similarities to the Jags and bills in this regard. In my mind, I, I believe that they kind of played the same game, um, two weeks in a row we should we should delve more into that um but offensively if your name wasn't stefan diggs um and to a lesser extent uh james cook i don't quite know what you were doing um so (laughs) so uh we'll start there scott do could could you get us started here because i feel like i feel like your righteousness um is gonna is gonna be a little more um, you, you grew up in a Giants household, so you probably were already feeling a little itchy about yeah, this game as yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. Well, I was, and then I also have a Giants fan in the office who sits like two doors, two, a, two doors and, down, and a Giants fan who shares your your uh, house. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, and I was talking to the guy on 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 you know last week before the game, and he was like, "Oh, y'all are gonna kill us. You know, it's gonna be over in the, the quarter. You know." I was asking, is Jones going to play? He's like, no, it's Tyrod. And I'm like, oh, Tyrod is, yeah, Tyrod's not going to put up two make ones. He just, he's, he's not a terrible quarterback. He's just not, never it been was... a guy who can put up 20, 30, you know, 25, 30 points on a consistent basis. That's just it... not too conservative. Was it a vintage Tyrod Taylor game? I mean, oh my, I God, my say... God, how could you even ask that question? I'm just going to read you his stat line. <laughs> How about I, I do that? And I'm just going to say there's a quarterback who went 24 of 36, exactly two-thirds of his passes for 
200 yards. So, you know, uh, about five, six ish yards a, uh, a throw. No touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. You'd be like, oh, oh, you're talking about Tyrod Taylor. Does it? You, you need no context for that. It was the <laughs> most. T- he's going to hit a couple of deep balls uh, and drop them right in, and then he's just going to do some inexplicable things and a couple of uh, nice scrambles. Yeah, uh, didn't a little less scrambling. Yeah, he uh, he did run out a half, which he also did do once in Buffalo, uh, where he inexplicably threw it inbounds to a guy with no time on the clock, and yep. the Bills had to sell for zero at halftime. So I feel like this was, you know, I saw Tyrod. I'm like, this is what I loved about you, and this is why you drove me nuts. You're just this guy. Yeah, that is that is it. And and he was, he was what we thought we were, what he thought he was, and why we went out and got Josh Allen. Um, and we'll come back to this sustainability kind of overall. But I think in terms of this game, like I think the the concerning thing to me was certainly on the offense. Um, I think in many ways, I don't want to say in many ways. A concerning trend was the run game. The run game seems to be slightly more important than I think even I thought it was. And I know Frank will come in here in a, in a little bit off the top rope and um, elbow me to the face. But no, no, you keep go ahead. You're good. It's it's uh, it's cons- it's not that the the run game is is bad. Well, I guess I'd say this: when the run game is bad, this offense has taken a step back. It seems like for two or three weeks there, that was that was helping us establish some balance and cook was getting his yard. And then Jacksonville happened and cook got almost no yards. And then in the first half, the run game really wasn't there in the giants game. And then second half, we really committed. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was how much of it was. Some of it was, I think slightly better play calls in terms of um, the, like the, the play that Ken Dorsey for a couple of weeks there seemed to be really in love with, which is the shotgun delay draw to James cook where he gets the ball after about a two second head start for the defense. And then it's like, James go try and find a way. And he gets immediately mobbed by the defensive line or he runs into someone. Murray runs it. Okay. I'm fine with it. When Murray runs it for some reason, he seems to be able to just kind of run straight ahead. James never quite figured out that play. We had been running. We, we ran some more sweeps with him or, or power or, you know, uh, kind of zone a little more, just kind of um, uh, drop back his own kind of runs concepts. Those looked like they were working better in the second half. And then I think that let us stay on the field. And that kind of makes the play action game work better. I think it takes some of the pressure off of Josh, who obviously was also injured at that point. Um, I think those kind of things helped. We also were talking a bit on Sunday night that um, Allen seemed to be a little um, thrown off. He, it seemed to be in the first half, he was looking for Dalton Kincaid. He was looking for Dalton Kincaid as the guy to go to other than Steph Diggs. And obviously Kincaid uh, not being on the field because he's injured in the concussion protocol, um, he was just kind of stuck. And then in the second half, they were able to scheme. It's the thing that the offensive coordinators can do is that sometimes they can actually change the plays so that they can get certain guys open at certain positions and times and tell the quarterback to throw to them first instead of just throwing it to the same guy every time. It's an interesting thing that they can do. And I guess Ken Dorsey started doing that in the second half on Sunday when maybe he should have started doing it a little earlier in the first half. Um, but that that was... Um, that was uh, so. I guess I'd say the run defense and better play calling um, will help. But I also I don't know if we'll come back to this. Some of this just I wonder if maybe this is this is a bit of what this team is. As long as Josh Allen is the quarterback, is just that he is not going to be a he is not Patrick Mahomes, and he's not going to go out there. I guess what is like 
he's not going to go out there every week and play pretty much perfect. And that's what Tom Brady did too. Like he would go out there and maybe he'd have a bad game, but the bad game for Tom Brady was like, he'd only throw for like 250 or 300 yards, maybe two touchdowns and an interception. And that, that was the, that was the worst game. And he still gave you a chance to win. Right. I think with Allen, it's just his, his ceiling is certainly as high as any quarterback who's ever played, but his floor is also, you know, is is fairly low for someone who can who has that high of a ceiling, and so it's just going to be one of these things where it's just I don't know how many times a year we're going to get these kind of clunker halves, clunker games where he just mentally doesn't have it and can't can't read the writing and no one can fix it, or maybe you can fix it for a half, and that's just what we're going to have to deal with. I just if that's what it is, that's what it is, and you can still go to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl if you get three or four of the right games in a row. But it just um, it, it makes it hard to have a nice, relaxing Sunday night sometimes. It, it does. And I want to speak to that briefly, Paul, before he you get to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was his that wasn't his lowest. I mean, the 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 Washington game was a lower passer rating than than the Giants game. I mean, you know, if, if I'm, I actually just had these pulled up because I was interested in Allen's performance aside from the first week against the Jets where, you know, He's at 72% completion, 12 touchdowns, and three interceptions. He, he, the, the, the game last night was a clunker in the – I mean, he was 19-30, right? Like, which, But, like, they also had, like, 20 Ter- – Terrible first half, good second half. It yeah. was a good second half, but I think the other thing was, like, they had a lot more runs than the Jacksonville game. When I was looking at the game logs, it was like they barely tried to run against the Jaguars, and they obviously committed to the idea of running a lot more. The Bills had the Bills had 9, 10, 11, 14 runs against the Jaguars, and they had uh, James Cook had 14 carries uh, against the Giants, and, and Murray 12, um, with Damian Harris 1 and Josh Allen 2 more. So they obviously had committed to like a different type of game plan. Um, specifically the against half, the Giants. Yeah, I would say that yeah. really when we, we, again, came out of the half and stuck much more to the run and really just tried to power our way through a, a tough Giants defensive line and kudos to the offensive line for, for pushing through them, um, yeah. which I think is not probably their strong suit. But if they were able to do it against the Giants, they should be able to do it against every other all the other teams too. Yes, I guess I'm only, I was only getting to, my point will eventually be, and I'll get to it now, is I don't really think that Allen is the problem Um exactly here i think that he's largely played great to good um Mm -hmm. and i think that the issue has been offensive weapons or or play calling from the sense of like you said scott we need to switch who's the priority receiver quicker because his comment this week alan's comment this week is like look Diggs is the first read on a lot of plays for a very good reason. He's the top guy, and he also gets open. So I am going to throw it to him when he's there, but they have to involve other people. Now, does it help that, like, Gabe Davis fumbles and then they pulled the old Sean McDermott, you're you're in timeout for a quarter until uh, where we're not going to throw the ball to you for at least a quarter or a half? Um, no, that doesn't help. Does it help that the, the rookie who's supposed to be the, the fucking Cole Beasley uh, isn't on the field and that also we haven't been throwing to him anyway it turns out um <laughs> no that's not good either so i i think that for me the issue is i guess i can't lay it all at, at dorsey's feet but they seem really committed to i don't know like 
establishing like Josh Allen doesn't run anymore. Like some of the diet, the middle of the field, the middle chunk, the emergency release valve isn't there, right? It was Cole Beasley. And then without Cole Beasley, it was more Allen scrambling. And then everybody panicked because they didn't want to kill Josh Allen. And now there's not, like, there isn't that you don't have Allen running and you don't have that, release you don't have the person underneath who can make that catch it's not supposed to be gabe davis gabe davis is doing exactly gabe davis things gabe davis is exactly who we all thought gabe davis was but the the person who is the second or third read that finds the soft part of the zone isn't materializing for the bills and i don't know if it's because it's this you know insistence on 12 personnel or what or whatever's happening but um, I think that that's more what's missing with the special sauce myself since we've already, since I've just decided to make this about the offense right now and the sustainability of success with regards to this team. And so, Paul, I turn it to you to talk about the Giants or the Jaguars or the offense or whatever you'd like. Yeah, I think you really, you hit the nail on the head for me, Frank, and it's the secondary weapons. You know, Dawson Knox is, people forget he is one of the highest paid tight ends of the league. Yeah. And the Bills don't ask him to do all that much. And you know what? I'm, I, you know, block consistently, catch a few balls a game. Don't have to, you don't have to be Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Mark Andrews. Just be you and do your thing. And, it, and you know, Josh Allen has one incompletion in the second half. And was that a good ball to Knox? Not particularly, no. But if you're one of the highest paid tight ends in the league, you're asked to make a play, make that play. If yeah. you're, Khalil Shakir and you're a big draft investor. And if you're Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield and you're brought in with a not insubstantial amount of money to draw you to Buffalo and take some of the weight off of Stefan Diggs and off of Josh Allen, then you should be doing that. Now, yeah, I, I did read Joe Biscalia's all 22 today in the athletic. And he noted there were a lot of times that receivers were open and Allen got stuck on, on Diggs or got stuck on other reads uh, for whatever reason. So, Maybe this will all prove to be, you know, moot next week and Khalil Shakir has five catches and Sherfield has three and Hardy has three and there's not the over reliance on Stefan on Soli Stefan Diggs and Soli, you know, uh, Josh Allen to make things happen. But I think that was a serious trend the last two weeks, because Diggs had good games both weeks. Uh the Bills lost to the Jaguars. They probably should have lost to any reasonable football team on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully they were playing the New York giants and they, they were able to get away with one. So it is, there are some reparable things. Scott brought up the stupid shotgun draw play, which worked beautifully yes. with Thurman Kelly and Jim Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly. Uh, but it's not 1990 anymore. And so uh, that play just wasn't really working particularly well. You are finding, you are finding other run plays that do work well that we saw in person when we saw them play the commanders, you know, let's try and utilize those more. So we, we haven't talked about Dorsey. It seems on, I'm just going to call it Twitter because we're not going to, I'm, we're not going to be on it long enough for us to call it X and get used to that. So I'm just going to call it Twitter and just note there's a, a big back and forth people saying like, well, they're so high and, you know, offensive EPA and this and that. And then others are like, the play con was terrible. I think I land in the middle of, there were some good plays, and Scott had messaged us during the game, especially about the touchdown to, to Hardy. You know, he have been doing this cross motion. He's done a dozen times this year. Then all of a sudden, he reverses field. You flip to him, and it's an easy touchdown from three or four yards out. 
uh, well set up play, well done. But I felt there were also points in the first half when was some of it execution? Absolutely. But some of it's, you know, why on first and 10 do we have this little two yard pattern for digs on the outside where he has no room to run with the ball? You mm-hmm. know, what's the, what's the point of why that? Why on the goal line are you in shotgun? Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And yeah, because Frank and I were ready to blow a gasket, and Scott was defending uh, Dorsey at that point. And then, but Frank and I both agreed, like, yeah, if he didn't have that great play called a Hardy on the next play, I'm still pissed about that, you know, second and go from the one shotgun thing when they had been so effective under center. And Josh is especially so effective with play action under center. I'm not even saying you had to run it to Harris or to Murray at that point. You know, you could have done, you know, anything, but just at least line your quarterback up under center. Just mind-boggling things he does sometimes. So, you know, I want to see him improve. It is only his second year on the job, but it's you're going to have a, a, a short learning curve when you have an expectations of Super Bowl or bust with the team. Um, I think that's – we've pretty well covered the, the offensive malaise. I know we're going to kind of talk about the sustainability or not, so I won't go too much into it. I will end by just noting I don't want to give the defense too much of a free – pass and that sounds absolutely insane because they gave up nine freaking points and the week before they held Jacksonville off for as long as they could or held Detroit off yeah no Jacksonville off as long as they could uh, despite just the rash of injuries that had hit them but remember the Giants came into this game averaging 12.8 points per game and that was only because they had an Arizona half where they they went crazy they by all all accounts should have had more than nine points this game it was only because they kept shooting themselves in the face that they did not get more than nine points in this game. Uh, Tyrod beat Benford on a deep pass. He beat Elam on a deep pass. Elam was, again, beaten on other patterns. A Bills pass rush that was so effective for a stretch of the season against a patchwork offensive line. I think patchwork is overstating it. Their patchwork offensive linemen were injured and replaced by patchworks of patchworks, and they just could not generate the type of pressure to really make Tyrod mm-hmm. consistently uncomfortable back there that we'd seen before. And so you worry about the rush. Uh, I thought the linebacking play was generally fine uh, in the absence of Milano, which, you know, is, is, is still a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the safety play was okay, but I'm, I'm worried about the corners and I'm worried about the, the, the rush. And especially when we've seen two straight weeks that when push comes to shove, even though they're playing well for stretches come the fourth quarter, they were giving up yards and chunks and big plays and, and, not being able to be off the field on third and longs. And that is a trend that's worth keeping an eye on, but uh, it's a crappy game, but it's a crappy game and they're four and two. Yeah. I, I I agree with all of that. I I'm hopeful that the offense might be the answer to some of those defensive woes, because if you're not on the field for, I don't know, it was almost 40 minutes against Jacksonville. I think I, I can't find the time of possession, but it was certainly forever. It felt like, um, let me see. Uh, come on. Time of possession, 38 minutes. Yeah. Uh, for Jerry Super Bowl 25 ish. Right. They lost that game, too, by a score. Uh, yep. You know, you can you can affect pass rush and you can do things better because you have fresher bodies on defense. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that as obviously Von Miller kind of ramps up and, and Leonard Floyd has been very good and rap has been very good that there's still playmakers on this team. You know, the team didn't play, the team didn't have Gregory Rousseau last week either. Right. So there are, there are guys missing 
Epinesa has been battling some, been playing well while battling injuries. Right. Yeah. And I also think that there could have been like, I think if Daniel Jones is behind the line, it's a completely different story because I think he is a fucking pancake. If, <laughs> if they, you know, they, they play him, you know, Taylor has a meatball. I would right, call him a meatball, not a pancake. Well, he would have been a flat meatball by the <laughs> end. Right. I think, I think there would have, a I meatball think, you know, that becomes a pancake, if you will. It's almost like the, what's his name? Skylar Thompson thing where you're like, you're preparing for one guy all week and then he shows up and you're like, not quite ready for it. So, um, that, that could have been it uh, too. Briefly with the Jags game, I mean, again, I feel like they played the same game against the Giants. The, the difference was the Giants are worse than the Jaguars. I think that's really the difference. And, you know, uh, there yeah, was... The Jaguars are at least a capable NFL team. I don't know if they'll win that division again, but they look to be just about the best of what the AFC South has to the, offer. The concerning thing about that game, though, was that the... The, the Bills, I, I would say at the time, it seemed very much like the Bills just had jet lag as an issue. And that was something that yeah. we talked a little bit. Unfortunately, right. we didn't have it rolling, but we talked immediately after the podcast last time. But we were saying that the, the Bills were flying out on, on Thursday, Thursday night, night arriving Friday morning, which as a guy who's had to make that flight a couple of times, like you want to try and get your jet lag and just any traveler will know you want to get your jet lag out as soon as you can and then have more time for whatever it is, the meeting, the conference, whatever it is you're doing. And so mm-hmm. the Bills could have flown on Sunday or Monday night, anywhere earlier in the week. And yes, it would have thrown off their practice schedule. And I get that that's not great, but also showing up to the game and looking like you're in a haze for the morning, um, for the afternoon in England time, um, is also not great. And I thought that was what that was. But now I'm, it made, now that it's two weeks in a row, you wonder was it just a, a different set of problems on Sunday? Uh, and the Giants defense, or was it just the, the, the team starting slow all of a sudden? So it's yeah. tough to kind of parse what the what the driver is now. Yeah, but Bobby Okereke is worth a shout-out. I I think he might have been the best player for either team, yeah. frankly, on so, Sunday. You know, Him and um, the other one, uh, the, the the other linebacker. I had uh, looking at him earlier. Merriweather Post or Pavilion or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the concert venue, yeah. Micah McFadden. Uh, yeah, Trin- yeah, McFadden. Yeah. That's the guy's yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who had the interception <laughs> and the fumble recovery. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, so like the Giants have some credit too, and 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 certainly the Jaguars do as well, especially on defense for the Jaguars and defense for the Giants. Um, but at this and and offense for the Jaguars as well, as Calvin Ridley was pretty much uncoverable um, for that uh, kind of bang up Bill cricket, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was getting real old. Just kind of seeing continually, like oh, oh it's third open. down. Let's just he's open. He's open. Where he it caught? reminded me of that Byron Leftwich Jags game where they won on the last play and yep, I was drunk and left the bar and walked most of the way to, to Maryland before I sobered <laughs> up. And I of course lived in Virginia the other way. So <laughs> yeah, good times for me. Yeah, it was. It, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like uh, not to do too much of the preview now later, but I was talking to the, the guys today and it was like, yeah, I mean, should we beat the Patriots handily? Yes, we should. Patriots have not shown themselves to be a good team at all this year. Um, and there's no reason based on the talent that this should be a close game, but there's no reason based on the talent on the talent that the Giants game should have been down to the, you know, one play uh, into overtime basically Mm -hmm. uh, to settle it either. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. If the bills don't play well, they could lose. It's just that simple. Words of wisdom play well, Mm -hmm. or you could lose. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Okay, so Bills. Uh, so you just got three like, stars, maybe. Yeah, sure, but I feel like we've talked about the sustainability of the offense, so I think. Yeah, that... I guess there's there's one other point I want to make on that, and then we can just skip that agenda item altogether, and mm-hmm. then, uh, move yeah. it if we want to. Which is I'm done with you. Yeah, I I do want to note it, it two things. One, it was a weird week this week. I mean, okay, yeah, the, Sunday. The, there is the, that. The, Jet, the Jets beat the Eagles. And I can't even say stop me if you've heard that before, because you've never heard that before. The history of those two teams, the New York Jets had never, ever beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in the, what, it's 60 plus years that those teams have played each other. Um, so that was that was notable. The Chiefs looked very blat against the Broncos in the, in the game I watched. Uh, the, the 49ers, who looked like the, you know, just give them the Lombardi trophy now against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, were pretty, you know, middling. So teams go through these stretches sometimes where it's just not not great. And so and and we the last and our last pod, our last full length pod, we talked about how sustainable the success was. So obviously we know this team can can dominate. You know, the Bills have that in them. But interestingly, as I was researching this day in Bills headlines, uh, and I was doing last year, twenty twenty two. I re- that was the the game they built the it was right after they be- they beat the Chiefs last year and there was so much optimism and so much yeah this really makes them the team to beat in the conference and that was the best we saw of them last year they never got back to that level they didn't have good performances against mm-hmm. good teams the rest of the way they didn't have any dominant performances against mediocre to bad teams they just kind of slept walk through and won on talent. And then finally that cut up with them in the uh, divisional round against the, the Bengals. So I've, you know, you, you can't be overly concerned about two straight blight weeks. You could blame jet lag on both. Heck you could blame like, Oh, they came back from England. They did barely have time to adjust and, or maybe Dable knew some things, knew some trends, knew some things about Josh and how he would look at plays, you know, so you can have some built-in excuses, but you got to keep an eye to see if this is a two-week trend or all of a sudden it's a six-week trend, at which point it's no longer a trend. It's a, it's a characteristic. All right. Good, good thoughts. And we will keep an eye on it because we all intend to keep watching football. Um, yes. The uh, Do you have any, any stars for us, Scott? I did. And I, I, I figured I'd give it a try and we'll see how it works with our new kind of uh, more relaxed uh, schedule here. Maybe yeah. this will add some drama to the proceedings, given the, oh, yeah. the greater pool of players. Um, but uh, so we'll skip we'll skip honorable mentions. That would be that would be a sham. Um, but we'll do uh, we'll do we'll start with third star goes to uh, Calvin Ridley, seven catches for 122 yards. I'm doing yeah. most um, dominant kind of performances in a in a game. Um, I think the um, I think that that is probably like obviously like if you just totaled up all the numbers that would be something else but that's not really as entertaining on some level so yeah Ridley was uh, frequently uncoverable in that in that Jaguars Bills game and again some of that is the, the Bills not being in a in a having enough DBs to cover um, which is obviously a, a symptom of injury but but Ridley was there and getting open and making the catches as well and so he gets credit for that um, yeah so I said uh, I think I said seven for 122 but um, second stars um, go to we'll call them Bobby McFadden or Micah Okariki, um, <laughs> both of the Giants linebackers who obviously had like really really like excellent excellent games. Obviously, certainly in the first half um, where it was pretty much impossible for the Bills to get anything going, and then 
maybe they had worn down by the second half, um, as the Bills linebacking court did in the in the second half of mm-hmm. the of the Jags game. Um, but that, uh, but they clearly also have some talent, um, playmaking skills, um, people like you. Clearly, it's all there. So um, good, good that those guys are in another conference. We don't have to play them too much. Um, but I will give the first star to uh, one player who was fairly dominant in both games. And uh, again, as Frank pointed out, really the only one who pretty much showed up to play both games on offense, Steph Diggs, who had yeah. uh, eight, he had, sorry, 20 catches for 221, uh, 22 catches for 221 yards and a touchdown. Um, so just, again, like a guy who you can count on weekend and when I count and, you know, I, I'm glad that we're not talking about all this stupid BS. Um, oh, Steph Diggs was throwing a tablet, and now Josh Allen's defending him, and blah, 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 blah. And, like, whatever, man. Like, he at least fucking cares. Like, he's he is he understands that sometimes, like, your job as a leader is to show some emotion and get people involved and, and like, throw a fucking fit if people are playing like shit. Like, that's sometimes something what you have to do. Like, you have to understand what the team needs. And, yeah, do you need that all the time? No. And if you do it and it's not authentic and it's not real – then people are going to see through that and it doesn't work. But that's the thing. Diggs is that. He is that guy. He cares about this stuff. He wants to win. And so, yeah, he's going to get pissed off when we're playing like crap. Like, good. Like, everyone should get yeah. pissed off when we're playing like crap and trying harder and get get on each other and help, you know, like, be constructive. Like, don't, like, you know, weigh guys down. But, like, you know, there's there's ways you can do it and be positive. And I think that's what he's doing. So, like, by all means, like, Steph Diggs is a captain. Like, he needs to be a leader. He's being a leader. He's leading on the field. He's not. He's not like coming up with like three crutches and being like, "Come on, guys, let's go do it." Like he's leading the way on offense for the whole freaking unit. And so, yeah, he has the right and the duty to get into people's faces and tell people to get their stuff together. So, yeah. first off, three years ago, he led the NFL with 127 catches, 1,535 yards as a first-team All-Pro. We are more than one third of the way through this season, and he is ahead of the pace for all of that, you know, and he's his... had go ahead five. Sorry. No, sorry. Five of five of the six games. He's been over a hundred yards. Yep. He was seven. He was seven targets and seven catches for against the Raiders for 66 yards. I mean, like he's just been unconscious as they used to say, like he's, mm-hmm. he's doing fantastic. His catch usual. percentage is 74.2%. He's catching three quarters of what's being thrown to him and averaging over 103 yards a game. Yeah, uh, he's on nonsense numbers. He's on pace for like 15 touchdowns and all that. So uh, I hope he keeps doing this. I love everything he's done since he's been a bill. I have never, ever felt like he didn't want to be here or any of that. I've always thought like he's not only awesome, but Scott, I, I feel like since the Cincinnati game, it's been noticeable that if you were outside of Buffalo, you feel like he's it, it's the lazy, he's a problem story. And it, largely because people want to probably want him on their team. Um, and if you're in Buffalo, you look at him and like all this guy does is fucking catch balls and want to win football games. And so it's also hard. I can, I can also see Josh Allen's point. Like he's the best guy and he's open. So I'm going to keep throwing it. (laughs) It's kind of hard to like, you know, do that. Um, anyway, uh, we should, we should start with the list of injuries because if uh, we want to be done by tomorrow, we better get into them. 
Um, Josh Allen, Gregory Rousseau, and Dane Jackson were all limited in practice. The walkthrough practice, I should say. So not like a practice practice. Kair Elam, um, as was pointed out, it's fantastically ironic that his ankles are hurting uh, because he probably has had them broken for two weeks in a row. Um, Ed Oliver, probably the most concerning for me from a football perspective, did not practice with a toe injury. Uh, I think that turf toe can be a motherfucker if that's what it is. Uh, and Damian Harris, who uh, has a stiff neck and did not practice, but I'm thrilled with that because yes, we, we all are thrilled that Damian Harris yeah, has a stiff neck. That was a scary thing on the field to see. And, uh, and I'm glad that he's like, to me, that's a win, right? Like mm-hmm. he's home and all that stuff. So that's, that's that, and uh, we should probably do this day in Bill's headlines and talk about the upcoming yeah. games. Excuse me for yawning. Yeah, it's all right. It's, I've had a it's, long couple of days here, so yeah, it's uh, we've I've been back and forth between New York State myself the last couple of days, but back here in D.C. and we will grind through this. All right, so it's uh, this day in Bill's headlines. Today's date is August. No, it's not. What month is it? It's October. <laughs> it's October 18th. So here's wow. some headlines from October 18th. We'll go back to 2022. Lung issues force Bills Blank to take long road to KC. Bills Blank took a 15-hour car ride to the Chiefs oh, game on his doctor's advice. Jordan Poyer. Jordan yeah. Poyer, yes. Good yeah. job, you Jordan. You can play football, but you can't get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he finally has been cleared to, to fly, did read in a follow-up. So good for you, Jordan. Um, 2020, so wait, three years ago. Go ahead. He recently has been cleared to fly? Not recent. It was at, at near the end of last season. But he had okay. to drive quite several times during the course of the year. He was me, he was taking Ubers to games. Okay. Like it All wasn't right. right. Like the Chiefs game was not the last game he had to drive. It was just most notable because it was the longest distance. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, but he's, he's back. Um, all right. 2020. How much is Blank's absence hurting the defense? There's no doubt Blank's absence has hurt, although it's only one of the problems. The lack of a pass rush is the biggest issue, followed by uneven play at cornerback. Blank is never going to be a star, but he makes life easier for those around him. So the hints here are within the statement itself. So if the lack of the pass rush is the biggest issue, and this guy's not to blame, you can pretty much rule out defensive ends and edge rushers. And if it's uneven play at cornerback, obviously really not cornerbacks. You're down to just a few positions on the, the defensive side of the ball. 2020. Yep. And 2020 is very key. Not just, you know, Lorenzo tr- Alexander. No, think of, think of, think star of the star Latulale. There you go, Scott. Oh, um, I remember star had decided to sit out COVID. Yeah. the COVID year. Uh, the bills were having all sorts of issues. Uh, on defense to start the year, overshadowed by the fact that Josh Allen became a, a, an alien that year, uh, which yes. is very helpful. All right. Uh, 2018, five years ago, Blank takes over as Bill's third starting quarterback in first seven weeks. The choice of Blank, 35, who has played in 76 NFL games over Peterman, 24, who has played in six, tossing an interception once every 8.8 attempts, fell solidly into the no-brainer classification. <laughs> Poor Nathan. Cut again, signed again. I don't know. I don't know if he's with the Bears still. He's been cut by them before and keeps landing with them. 
2018. This is the first Josh Allen rookie year. This is when he got he was injured and out for a stretch of about four weeks, something like that. Did prom? No, not yep. prom because he was he was he was he was a baby. Um, yeah, he's a veteran. Thirty-five-year-old guy. I think he had two or three starts with the Bills. I'd have to check. His last NFL season. Mm. We will remember him more for a game against the Bills where he had one of, uh, and this is not hyperbolic, one of the worst quarterbacking performances in the modern NFL era, and his team beat the Bills. And it wasn't like he got pulled. He played the whole game, and he threw two completions. Was that Kelly Holcomb? No, but you're at, you're in the right organization. Cleveland. Derek Brown. Anderson. Derek Anderson. Okay. There we go. All right. There we go. God, right. that was an awful game. I yeah. also I can't believe they both actually played for the Bills too. Like really on here, guys. Hilariously, in two there was a 2005 headline. It was something like Holcomb jersey is hard to come by. I'm like, should I make this a trivia question? I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about Kelly Holcomb today. But he was going to come up. <laughs> Kelly yeah, was going to come step up, up today. For- Step up going to Derek Anderson. Yeah, well, you know, the sad thing it is, it is actually yeah. a step up. All right, 2017. Veteran receiver Blank rejoins roster. Blank dressed in one game with the Bills in 2014 and spent the 2015 offseason with the team. At one point, Blank looked as though he'd made, make Buffalo's 53 man roster. He had a strong training camp and caught four passes for 96 yards and one touchdown, two preseason games. The wide receiver would go on to suffer a foot injury that kept him out the remainder of the preseason, ultimately land him on Buffalo's injured reserve. He'd be released with an injury settlement and go on to join the Bears. Was this guy ever any good? No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> he's be like, he's maybe been added to this for one reason, and I will give you the big hint. He was most recently an answer... Uh, on this day in Bill's headlines in our last podcast. Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson. And I have to put him in here because I have been doing these this day in Bill's headlines for six, seven years now uh, about I've been doing this Mm -hmm. this, this segment. He, for as irrelevant he was to the fortunes of the Buffalo Bills, is in more damn headlines for joining (laughs) and being cut and rejoining and being fine because Jim Leonard hit him when he's with the Ravens. Like every damn headline, Deontay Thompson is in it because he's just, he's like, it's a Godfather three. They just keep pulling him back in. And here he is. Um, so yeah, that's my Deontay Thompson rant for the week. Uh, we look forward to him on the next edition of this day in Bill's headlines. Frank, can All you right. Google Deontay Thompson's Bill Jersey just real quick, please. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'll, I'll try and find it real quick. Yeah. Uh, All right. That rant is over. We're going to go back to 2012, 11 years ago. Blank named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. With his two interceptions, Blank moved past Billy Atkins, who had 15, into 17th place on the team's all-time list. Read that again. I'm sorry. I was looking up the Deontay Thompson. No, as you should have been. I was more interested in this headline. Uh, Blank named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. with, With his two interceptions, he moved past Billy Atkins into 17th place on the team's all-time list. Stephon Gilmore? No, but he was with the team then, so you're in the right era. This guy was an interception machine with the Bills. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. The Birdman. Jairus Beware is the correct <laughs> answer. All right. Um, 
I keep getting Deontay Hardy. Here we go. Deontay Thompson. No, There's that's a... his Florida Gators jersey. Oh. Okay. I mean, I'm going to have to go to eBay. All right. Yeah, now I'm stopping the headlines because I want to see. If no, I go ahead. I, I go. No, I, I, no, I'm more interested in trying to find set. a Deontay Thompson Bills jersey. You look, and Frank, I, you I think you literally have to all order for like custom. Raiders Deontay Thompson, and then we'll just get all of them. Oh, there is yeah. one on eBay for uh, Deontay Thompson Bills jersey number ten on really? field I'm... jersey as well. No, stop it! I can't find this at all. Am I spelling Deontay wrong? No, I see a football card. I see signed photos. I'll send it. There's a forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's forty nine ninety nine. We're just gonna put this in the chat here. Our listeners will love this segment where we look on. <laughs> oh my god, where we, we look at a segment to, to shop actually... on eBay. Yeah, right. Um, I'll just, right, I'll just, yeah, I'll just read the e- the right. website to them. HTTP. No. <laughs> this listing was ended on Friday, October sixth, so we just missed it. Oh man. Oh, look at on. that. That's not a real jersey. Look at the the numbers are fucking wrong. The 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 yeah. stitching looks weird. I, yeah, I think you're right. That's a this lie. Is, yeah, maybe on not. Field, we're still on gonna get field, it for Paul. On a soccer right? field, I mean, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, like there's no stitching on the letters. But yeah. I mean, somebody put the effort. It's probably Deontay Thompson <laughs> right. making his own counterfeit jerseys to sell on eBay. Right. Still waiting for the Bills to call him for his next appearance with the team. Yeah. Uh, he's been overdue. Yeah, well, if I'm signing Josh Norman off the field, then <laughs> yeah. Thompson only a couple more away. Who just signed <laughs> someone's practice squad too? I just saw who I thought was out league. The like Julio Jones. Yes, that was it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, 2006. So 17 years ago. This is the first deep cut, really. Of this this edition, but I think there's there's an opportunity here for you guys. Oh no, it's going to be harder than yeah. Derek Anderson. It's going to be harder than Derek Anderson, Deontay Thompson. Yes, I'm I'm not going to pretend it's not. Okay. Um, blank laments one that got away. Miss tackle haunts Bills DB. The infuriating play has unfolded in Blank's mind over and over since it happened, and the outcome remains the same. Um, it was during the Bills' loss Sunday against Detroit. When the Lions got the ball back for the last time with 4-4 remaining on third and five, John Kitna lofted a pass to Kevin Jones in the right flat with Blank in pursuit. Blank made an ankle-twisting move, uh, or Jones made an ankle-twisting move on Blank, came up with nothing but air for a nine-yard gain of first down. down. Uh, That plays consistently in my head, said the 29-year-old Blank, a free agent pickup during the offseason. If you miss a player tag, I have to think about that game all the way until the next game. All right. I'm going to go with... What, this is 2009? 2006. 2006. I will say... Not, it's not going to matter. All those run together for me, so it's yeah, fine. All right, yeah. um, They're all Jerron years, so yeah. Yes. I am going to go with... I've got two defensive backs. I'll go with my first one, and then I'll give I'll give Scott a chance. I'm going to go with Ashton Yabodi. Ashton Yabodi, good guess. I won't give a yes or no on anything until we have... He wasn't a free agent pickup, right, Paul? He said it was a free agent pickup. Yeah, it was a free agent pickup. Ashton Yabodi was a draft out of Ohio State, so... Okay. My bad. Um, and that's the other thing, because Clements and... Um, they were field. draft picks. They were also yeah. draft picks, so that means yeah. it has to be a safety, um, but it's after... George... George... Wilson? Uh, Wilson? No, it's this is a uh, a nickel cornerback. He mm. actually... The hint I was going to give... Let me see how long he played for the Bills. He only played two seasons with the Bills. He played five with the Jags and one with the Dolphins before that. <laughs> He replaced the Bills before him had another nickel cornerback 
who had the first name uh, Kevin and then the same last name as this player. Because it was confusing for us on the field because he wore the same number. Co Simpson. No. no. Co Simpson's way later. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. In fact, I'm this not, player that replaced him also had the same first initial of K. So the jersey said K Thomas, number 28, and we called him Kevin Thomas for like half the year before I realized, oh, no, wait, it's the other K oh. Thomas who's now the new Nickelback. Okay, so now we just have to know that is what his first name is. Right. <laughs> don't don't pick a name you've ever heard before. It will not no. help you. Invent a name and you have a better chance of guessing this name. Pardarius. That is closer than than anything that you guys are gonna come oh, up God. with. So Cabricashaw <laughs> Thomas. Yes. It is in fact Milwaukee Gosh. Thomas, like Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I should have come up with a Milwaukee, Milwaukee. related hint. Damn it. Uh, yeah, missed opportunity. Right. Means land of a thousand lakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Algonquin oh, we're just... it's a good land. In yes. case people wonder if we do this podcast for the listeners for ourselves, I feel this segment gives you a good idea that we're really just in it for us. Yeah. Um, all right. 2004. Highly optimistic on this one uh, mm. for reasons that will soon become clear. Uh, <laughs> Bill signed wide receiver to practice squad. Um, it says the Bills announced today that the team assigned wide receiver blank to its practice squad. Now that alone does shit for you. That will not help you at all. Deontay Thomas. <laughs> Deontay Thomas name. would always be a, a good guess. Um, but here's I'm going to give some some uh, a quick summary of this guy's career from Wikipedia. Blank played his first regular season game on September 11th, 2005, the day we all met uh, against the Houston Texans. Up to the 2007 season, he had played in only three games in his NFL career and had never recorded a reception. For the 2007 season, Blank made the transition to strong safety, a position at which he had never played in an organized game. Then, October 8, 2007, on Monday Night Football, he intercepted Tony Roman and returned it for a TD in his first NFL start. This is um, Fast Freddy Smith. No, no, this is someone that was literally said as a response to the last question. George Wilson. George Wilson, yes. George, nine seasons with the Bills, the first three mm-hmm. as a wide receiver mm-hmm. who never caught a pass. Yep. He was mainly a special teams guy. And then they're like, you know, wow. we'll make you a safety. Yeah, oh, you know what? Everyone's hurt. Fast Start Freddy on Monday Smith Night was, Football. was the later version of this, right? I'm or trying wait. to think. Did they convert? I feel like Freddie went from, I think he went defensive back to receiver. I think he did the yeah, reverse. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was it. You're right. Yeah. That was it. All right. Two to go. 2002. Get your... Um, Non Antoine Smith, non oh, Travis Henry, running backs of the late eight nineties and early twenties thousands here. Sammy, yeah, I'm not even. Gonna, I'll read Travis. the headline. Just is really, uh, you know, Sean Bryson is correct. Good job, yes. Scott. Nice. In case we're wondering, Sean Bryson's going to miss the rest of the season with torn uh, knee ligaments. Was ah. the headline today? So, sorry, Sean. Uh, also, shout out Jonathan Linton. Uh, Clarence Pooh Bear Williams. Next time, we'll we'll make sure you're you're the headline. Booby Dixon. We got to get the fullbacks yeah, in there. Booby Dixon. Yeah, got to get the fullbacks in there. Damon Shelton was around Damon that Shelton, era. Damon Shelton. Yeah. All right. And the last headline. This is this is not a high degree of difficulty. This is to relive a, a good memory for us Bills fans. Uh, 1998, a quarter century ago, Flutie leads Bills to huge upset of Jags. Moments after yeah. its conclusion. Ralph Wilson called this Bills game one of the three or four most exciting games in this team's history. 
Doug Flutie's one-yard touchdown run gave the Bills a heart-pounding 17-16 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had come into the game undefeated. The Bills had a fourth and goal with 13 seconds left in the game and ran a play that looked like it had been drawn up on the ground beforehand. Flutie was supposed to pitch the ball to Blank, who then would sweep around left end. But Blank got his signals crossed and went up the middle. Flutie just ran around left end himself and crossed the goal line. That would be uh, former American president Gerald Ford. <laughs> yes. Remember when that was a thing, Scott? That was a great. That was a great bit, and I think you let go of it at the right time. Yeah. I, I'd like to yeah. applaud you on fun. your. It was, it was good. I mean, it it didn't make as much sense. Um, it also was harder to kind of come up with, you know, actual names at that point. I've run out of historical names to use. Right, and then you cross well, the history other... is very short. Yeah, so. <laughs> a finite period. <laughs> Once you've learned it all, it's just like, forget it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I thought this was Thurman. It was Thurman. You are correct. All right. Yes. You, you may have said that. I was trying to read through the headline. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say that. Okay. I was thinking and I go, am I wrong? Was he, yep. was he already gone? It was gone? indeed no, Thurman. Was like I said, not a high degree of difficulty. That was just more one to relive a, a fond memory from 25 years ago today, October 18th, uh, on this day in Bill's headlines. Well, thank you for the great belly laugh, Sean Bryson. Um, <laughs> so the Bills played the Patriots. They, and then they play the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the yeah, Bengals. They, they play twice in the next eight days from date of podcast today. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so that yeah Thursday night is the Tampa game, and then they're going to get an extra day to Monday night in Cincinnati. Um, I've already seen the the animosity build uh, online for a game that's three weeks away between the Bengals <laughs> and the Bills. Um, <clears throat> probably because they the Bengals had started so poorly. Maybe there was people like listing their their bills tickets on StubHub. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Better, better get those refunds in, maybe. Um, I'm looking over the, like, okay, right? So Bengals, Tampa, like, let's not go too deep on those because we're still weeks out. Yeah, uh, we I might think, pod next. We don't know when we're potting people. So, right. you know, we might I, end up I'll doing say that I think those, like yeah. I'll say that I think Tampa's been surprisingly good. But I think they're still in the NFC and like in a weak division. So I'm guessing that Buffalo should kind of be in good shape with them. The the, the trouble with the Bengals is they have they're not like super great, but they've come on of late, right? Like they're mm-hmm. like they've been writing they the shit. It out, yeah. Right. They've done the Bengals thing that they did last year yeah. where they kind of started like dog shit and then pulled it together. Um still not looking like super impressive, but mm, they look they're t- they're they're tigers and they've been sleeping, and we would prefer if they had you know laid there. The Patriots <laughs> are awesomely bad. The Patriots are so fucking bad. The pa- like this is this is like the you know my mom my mom bless her heart I love my mother. She said I saw the funniest thing the other day and it was Hitler in the bunker but they changed all the words. She found the downfall <laughs> meme from like 15 <laughs> years ago and she, and I forget like what in which, particular which one like was, yeah. which ones she was watching people are apparently still making them. Sure. But like if you haven't seen the downfall meme it's outstanding. Like just google the downfall YouTube meme and this is the Patriots downfall meme where <laughs> where <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't compare Belichick to Hitler, but like that's the point of the <laughs> meme where he's in he's in there going like, well, we can still organize the defense like this, and then like his inferiors are telling him like, 
you know, all the draft picks you've made are terrible and, and, and Mac Jones remains the best quarterback we have. And, and then he loses his shit. It's like, it's like, we're almost there. We're almost there. Like maybe Robert Kraft needs to be Hitler or something. I don't know. Right. But, I, um, I feel more comfortable with that analogy. If we're going to make anyone a Nazi in the Patriots organization, it should be Kraft. And not just a Nazi, like the Nazi of Nazis. Isn't Robert Kraft Jewish? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. We just better be extra careful with who we're calling. Comedically calling. Do we want to talk about Elsa again? Yeah, I'm not calling anyone Nazi. That is a deep cut. Okay. Yeah, Kraft, modern Orthodox Jewish. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get away. Let's do safer waters. Right. Let's recant that because as we know, there's nothing heated in the world going on in that realm to talk about um but yeah the patriots have have been outscored by 80 points basically um and they're bad and they're not just bad they're they're falling apart at the seams bad and like clearly in need of a rebuild again already bad and of course i'm convinced that bill belichick will have some weird fucking defense that he's going to come up with and wow. it's going to be three quarters of slogging it again before we finally figure out who's going to win the game um does anyone else feel that way or yeah, or, I, or we just or is I, that just i, I want to throw in my question to you two now on this which relates to to this game which is why i want to save it till now and it's a very quick one it's not trivia based it's an opinion but as of today you know october 18th 2023 i would i, I would ask if you gentlemen would care to in your own mind, in your own opinion, rank the AFC East coaches. Um, man, that's hard. Yeah, I that's, know. That is really hard. Salah, McDermott, McDaniels, Belichick, which is right. crazy. I. You can think I, about it more, Frank, but I was just curious what Scott Scott I will, had to say. I will, I will do this, I, and I will. Okay, Frank, you got it. There's part of me that wants to put McDermott third. <clears throat> I think Mc. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I can. I think I'm with Scott. It's, it's probably Salah, McDermott, and then McDaniel, and then Belichick. Belichick. Yeah, yeah. I might swap Salah and McDaniel, uh, or maybe yeah, maybe put McDermott third, but. That makes three of us who have the worst coach in the AFC East right now Bill is yeah. Bill Belichick. That I is wonder, fucking mind-boggling. Hall of Famer Bill Belichick. Yeah. yeah. I wonder like, don't if... get me wrong. He's a legit Hall of Famer. He's one of the going to go down as one of the greatest coaches ever, and you can debate how much of that has to do with Brady. But right now, I can't put him ahead of any of the other three coaches in the division. Well, there's that. Sal Capaccio had that thing where he's basically 500. Is he's a 500 coach mm-hmm. when he when Bill Bell, when Tom Brady's not in there? I wonder if he'd have a better team if he wasn't also the general manager, right? Right, he, and I think that's, that's, why I, that's why I don't give him any leeway, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can't give him leeway with regards to the job. I think that the interesting thing about the East is a good coach is going to lose his job sooner or later. It's probably yeah. going to be Robert Sala because he's he's sort of. Um, he's been stuck with like really unfortunate quarterback play. Mm-hmm. McDaniel like is putting up historic offensive numbers. The thing with McDaniel is they're going to put themselves in a bind with Tua who is playing excellent. But I still think that like when the system is figured out, that's going to fall apart. And that's, it's, that's just like the nature of the sport is like 
I don't yeah. know. I don't know what Tua can do beyond what he's doing. And once they figure out what he's doing, it's going to be a, a race to the bottom with that. So, right. of course, if they don't figure out the system until a year or two from now. They, they yes, might then McDaniel and everybody might be just happy. Yes, completely fine, completely with, that. fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at this at this point, you know, and and putting McDermott third, he might be third in the division, but he, he might be you know just fourth in the conference. It's yeah, like, I think you've probably got. It's three. a really. Yeah, I think they. I think you have really three of the good... top ten coaches in the NFL in that division to to yes. be real. And then the yeah. fourth one is is Bill Belichick. Is is, is the future uh, Hall of Famer will be a first, first ballot page, guy. Yeah, first ballot, probably yeah. unanimous Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Anyway, that was just an aside about this game. But yeah, New England's a disaster. I will stick to my guns that I I noted on Sunday. I'm like, I don't think anything is a guarantee with this Bills team. I feel like they can compete with the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bengals beat all those teams. I think they're perfectly capable of losing this game in New England after two abysmal offensive performances with someone like Belichick, who's very good at keying on your weaknesses. Uh, yeah. I, won't, I don't know if we pick the game still. I would still pick the Bills. I am going to skip watching half this game, so I'm hoping <laughs> I come home and I can just relax and enjoy the rest of a washout. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not, I'm not kind of the chickens before they hatch on this one just from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, but yeah, let's be real here. The, as Frank pointed out, the Pats are a bit of a mess right now, and the Bills, if you're going to take advantage of the Pats anytime, you got to take advantage of them now. I mean, I will go with where I left my my kind of com- my opening comments at, which is like, this team could just, this team, either just in general with Josh Allen, or maybe just this year with this cast of characters and supporting crew, um, it could just be that week to week, you just don't, it's the box chalk, so you don't know what you're going to get. And so... I will go the other, I will zig, and you guys are zagging. I will say the Bills uh, reprise their <laughs> their playoff <laughs> victory over the Patriots where they scored right. a touchdown on every single possession against the greatest defensive mastermind in the history of NFL football. And, um, yeah, like they, they blow the Patriots out like 42 to 6 or something. Like, like at this That'd be point, fantastic. at this point, it's fifty-fifty. It could be a close game that goes <laughs> down to the last play, or we could blow them out by fifty. I don't think we're going to get blown off the field because I just don't think that Jones can put up that. Yeah, many I points. don't think the Pats have that capability. If we're going to lose, it's going physically possible, right? Yeah. For the the Patriots, yeah, exactly. Like if we lose, it'll look like the Jets game. If we win, it could look like the the Raiders game. You know, so like mm-hmm. who, who knows? But it, it depends on. It, it, it's entirely in the Bills' hands. The Patriots. We'll, we'll show up and try and grind this out 14 to nine. Um, and if we, if we, if we show up, um, you know, with not enough sleep or Josh Allen wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, then, you know, maybe that's what happens. But um, yeah. and we're going to have a great pod discussion if this game, if in fact, after teams are then 134 and two in the Super Bowl era, when they have more rushing yards, more passing yards, fewer interceptions thrown, fewer fumbles lost and fewer missed field goals than their opponent, but still lose. Yeah, that was the, that was the stat that happened in this Giants game, where the Bills yes. literally got outrushed, outpassed, had more turnovers and more missed field goals, and still won. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> um, I, I will say the Patriots are catching the Bills after two frustrating offensive performances, right? So it could be that, and especially the talk this week was like, "Hey, we understand it is not good enough, and we need to do some things different." So there's a chance that. Maybe all the tape is about to get thrown out here, and uh, and the, the Patriots will get exploited, and then that'll pump up all the Bills' numbers, and we'll t- be talking about how they're uh, the best overall offense again, and 
who the hell knows um but until we do uh do talk about it next time thank you so much for listening uh for the time being you can find us on twitter mny bills uh and then soon we are just going to become a secret podcast that you pretty much can't find anywhere unless you know about this podcast so um until then thank you so much for listening i am frank i'm scott i'm paul good night everyone